I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I'm the A that stands for Alex. And I'm the Z that stands for Zach. And baby, we're back in the MCU. First entry to the Marvel Cinematic Universe for 2023. We just finished Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Small on the Ant-Man and the Wasp, big on the Quantumania on the poster, as we mentioned many yes, times. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp. An afterthought here. Ant-Man and the Wasp MCU Phase 5 kickoff <laughs> featuring Ant-Man and the Wasp <laughs> is pretty much what that is, right? Um, but hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to see our quick thumbs up, thumbs down review, you can find that on Instagram at a.z underscore movie review. And Twitter, you can find trailer news, movie news, plenty of that happened over the last couple weeks on Twitter, a underscore z underscore movie review so what'd you think i really enjoyed it i did think it's a little clunky in the middle but i did enjoy like it's not it's certainly not the same sort of movie as the previous two ant-man movies which were Smaller, like heist films, smaller, heisty, more character focused. Now there is heist and there is laughs, but it's it's not no Luis in the van. Oh, I just realized that. Yeah. No Luis in the van. Many people were clamoring for uh, Luis to show up and like, hey, did you miss the first four phases of the MCU? Well, here's a oh, quick recap, you know, that would have been funny. That would have been great. But none of that. So it uh, uh, pulls back on that a little bit, but it does a lot of work setting up. The big bad for phases five, six, presumably Kang, the conqueror, Jonathan majors makes his debut as Kang proper. Uh, and it took, I did think it took, it took a little bit of time to explain everything. I don't know if they explained it completely well for somebody that maybe doesn't know a little bit of the backstory, but ultimately I think it pulls itself together. The third act, you know, a, a big battle like we always get, but I thought it, it did a very good job of doing some different stuff, using the Ant-Man power as well, giving you a centered family story that you're kind of following throughout. And I thought it was a good time. Even You know, it, it'll be a great place to start to move forward for this new phase of the MCU. I think we've left phase four behind with this to, to really start going. What did you think? I thought it was fine. Like, it is a departure from not even just other Ant-Man movies, but a lot of, of MCU movies. I mean, that just a slight spoiler, I guess not really. The vast majority of this movie takes place within the quantum realm. I'd say like 98%. We are not dealing with anything rooted in real world at all. Um, and that was kind of an adjustment for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I thought they did a fantastic job introducing Kang, a real sort of like grandiose moment of like, this is who I am and what I'm capable of. And 
I thought it was extremely effective. I thought I was like, oh, shit, this guy's a real deal. Um, everyone kind of had an not I don't want to say had a lot to do, but had enough to do. Um, where you know it just I thought it actually flowed really well. It had potential to kind of really go off the rails of being like we're doing the this with the science and the something and the da 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 da. And, and a lot of that shit can go over people's head really easily. And I don't think, well, no, I think they did do a very good job of, of kind of staying the course of like, make this digestible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish I liked it a little more than I did. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's bad. Um, but it is obvious that this is just the first domino or a stepping stone to future anythings. Yeah, I think like well like I said I thought maybe they did they were a little clunky with some of the larger explanation, but you know sitting with it a little bit more they if they had given us the whole like who king is, what he is, how he does everything right now that would have been too much for this movie. So I think it does a very good job of giving you enough to get you through here to plant that flag and be like, this is what we're going to be looking at for the next several movies while giving you that thing, giving you room to grow into it, more things to learn those good hooks, whether it's in things he says in the movie, whether it's the post credit scenes that we will certainly get into. Um, I think there's a lot there to now start He's here in full. We, you know, for, for those that maybe not be totally indoctrinated in the MCU, the, the larger bits of it, we did, Jonathan Majors debuted as a version of this character in the finale of Loki, season one. And even that was just a little like, here's this guy, remember him for later. They, they didn't do a whole lot of, they gave you enough to be like, here he is, look for him later. And now we get more of that, here so i think this is his full first full introduction as him seems like mcu's kind of style i mean they teased thanos forever Mm -hmm. this one they're kind of just like okay here he is (laughs) yeah i think the difference between what kang is going to be versus what thanos was thanos was in the background for a long time before he find like yeah you know he is sort of the bad guy of the first avengers but he's more just providing loki with troops and all that yeah, he's hanging around through phase two, but then phase three, he finally really starts to come in. Kang is going to be involved probably in 70% of the things we see from here on out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that number is very accurate, but he, because of what he is, who he is, how he operates, you will be seeing a lot of Jonathan Majors. And I think this performance, his performance of Loki, he's going to be able to carry that weight. He's going to be more actively involved in all this stuff. And I, I'm ready to see that. How do you feel about the future of the MCU kind of dealing with these non-reality plot lines, multiverse, time is an illusion, <laughs> not everything you see is what yeah. is to be believed. See, I love that kind of stuff. I know it can get to be a little much. Yeah, see, that's how I feel. I'm yeah. kind of like... I need like some stupid like Sam Wilson fights the government type movie just to sort of bring it all back to center. And we're going to get that. Like, I do think the the next Captain America movie is sort of that idea. Yeah, but like. 
the thunderbolts is that sort of idea i need i i need probably more than they are planning to give <laughs> is i guess my point yeah I, I, it's it, i think you're not the only person that feels that way certainly uh i i like when the stories kind of build out and build up and you get I like seeing multiverse stories and we're certainly going to be getting a lot of that uh, between, you know, this between the little bit we got in multiverse madness between Loki, between the flash coming, you're going to see a lot of multiverse the flash it's- makes his way into the MCU. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Is that a joke? Are yes. We- of okay. Course. Great. Good. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you, you had mentioned the, how everything is not really rooted in reality in this movie, meaning that so much of it takes place in the quantum realm, which means like I said, 98% of this movie is acted on a green screen. It's not there now. It's yeah. I wanted to get into that a little bit before we go into spoilers. It is hard. I think to watch so much of this movie like that because you're sitting there and they're like, they're in a giant, airplane they hangar just, in atlanta they're not they literally just like contracted as many visual effects people as they could that I would the, that would still work with them and yeah. said make the weirdest freaking thing you can think of we'll put it in the movie i don't even care what it looks like just put it in there <laughs> well like i i didn't really i mean i noticed it when we we're watching the movie but when we we're waiting for the post credit scenes i thought the credits were going on longer than normal and that's probably of because they, they were. That's why the, the small army of VXF VFX people that yeah. they put through the like, ringer over the last re- several honestly years. Honestly, reminded me of Star Wars, where it's just like, here's a kooky looking thing. Go over yeah. there, and here's a space bar. Here you go. <laughs> but see, like, I think the thing this has um, Star Wars prequel energy in that. Oh yeah. There's not a whole lot of practical sets now. Like, I think the thing that the the uh, sequel trilogy in star wars did a very good job good job of and a lot of even things like jurassic park you have to mix the practical with the vfx and i know that's hard when we're going into subatomic worlds that do or do not actually exist sort of territory and you kind of have to make everything grandiose it can't just look like any old other place on earth and i do think they did a better job of say some of the shows or scenes in other movies that have been shot on the volume yeah. Where it's, hey, here's a flat arena where we have now green screened everything around. There was a bit of that here where there is a lot of flat surface that they're fighting nothing, fighting a tennis ball, you know? Um, so I think, I think that might be a barrier to some people with this movie in particular is that so much of it is computer generated. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, because it's an MCU movie, because it's setting up a whole lot of stuff, I don't know how much more we can talk without going into spoilers. So any final thoughts for, for the non-spoiler folk, however many there are, before we dive into I do want to say, before we go into it, just a quick non-spoilery discussion of, not even discussion, just commentary of the post credit scenes. Soft, soft golf clap to our theater. Nobody left. Nobody <laughs> left before the mid credit scene. Yeah. Too many people left before the end credit scene. And you know what? That in the year of our Lord 2023 is inexcusable. I don't want you to go see it online. You came to the theater to see the movie. 
stick around and see those post credit scenes that you know are there. Absolutely. Like, I, I would have thought by now that Marvel would have taught everybody, we stay till the end of the credits in, you know, uh, <laughs> in like everything everywhere all at once, you know, <laughs> just, just in case, you never know. Like, Did we stay for Avatar? No, I looked that one up on I, yeah. my my website. I was like, nope, we're done. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, you, you can look. There are sites that have that information, of course. But I mean, it's a Marvel movie. Of course. With a gonna, Marvel movie, I don't look it up. Marvel movie, like bare minimum is mid and post. If you're Guardians of the Galaxy, you get like five. But like, you know. Yeah. Just stay the Don't end. leave early. You're already there. Where do you have to be? I mean, there are some people that aren't as into it and maybe just don't care which you know more power to you i guess but if you're somebody that is watching all the shows watching all the movies wants to know what's coming i would stick around for both of them yep i think they're pretty cool so five out of ten for our theater straight down the middle (laughs) i literally you saw me i literally looked around yeah looked around our theaters like anyone getting up Nope, nope, nope. Nope. Okay, good. I will also say it was so unacceptable for like a theater experience. uh, This is a movie that has a lot that was shot for IMAX. So it does fill the whole screen. I think it's worth it to see it there to kind of get immersed into all these otherworldly places. Um, I also know that they were showing a lot of this in 3D in places. I saw trailers with Peyton Reed, the director, kind of talking it up. We're not 3D people. We weren't ever going to seek that out. But when it's a movie like this, you, you could maybe maybe there's a benefit to the 3D. But as far as I could, it, I would say go see it in IMAX, big, loud, get your get your fill of the quantum realm. OK, spoilers, spoiler territory, quantum realm diving in. You've made a big mistake. OK, I'm an Avenger. I've called the other Avengers. You're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? What? All right. Spoiler territory. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. MCU movie. There are spoilers coming. Okay. Ant-Man. He's got a book. Oh, I, we knew that, though. Yeah. We knew that from Wakanda Forever. I and, thought that was so funny. And they're selling the, they're going to sell the book for real, in real life. They are not. Yeah, you can buy the Ant-Man book. Look out God, for the little guy. No, I I would, and I I think they're going to release the audio book with Paul Rudd reading it. No, which would be again wonderful. Um, we should buy the book. That'd be fun. I I think this is a good setup for Ant Man because like we've seen drips and drabs of this in things like uh, Miss Marvel and in Wakanda Forever, um, where not you know the Avengers they're going to have some level of celebrity and some of them will neglect that you know try to hide away from it other people like if you're scott lang yeah what the hell sell a book sell us some action figures let's go merchandising baby thank you (laughs) spider-man i did like that they paid that guy off at the end oh you're you were the bug man that'll be 12 dollars. (laughs) he doesn't spider-man gets his free coffee ant-man does not um yeah we kind of get dropped in on scott living his life having a good time Interacting with his family, uh, Cassie, his daughter, now played by Catherine Newton, the third actress to play Cassie in, in the MCU. Um, she's in jail. She was trying to help out some homeless people in, in San Francisco. We learn very quickly she has her own suit. 
that they've been working on, kind of digging around in the quantum realm. They have a suit. She's got all this stuff. What did you think of the introduce the introduction of Catherine Newton as Kathy? I thought Lang? she was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked her a lot. I I don't think she had um, a lot of hard work to do in this one. However, I think she'll be good. Um, I foresee a team up with uh, Kate Bishop. Yep. At some point, yep. that'll be young, fun. Young Avengers lineup certainly being built. Um, I I like what they did with her character of like the the parallels of her winding up in jail, like her father was in jail, <laughs> and she's got these passions of helping people and also the skills of being a scientisty type person. I thought Catherine Newton was so good and and fun. The one comment I will make, <laughs> girl had to run a lot. Doing a lot of running. She did yes. so much running in this movie. Whether it was like running away from things, mostly running away from things, just mm-hmm. like explosions or bad guys, running, running to her dad, running, you know, just ru- yeah. facing facing this is also we're introducing something else too facing her childhood trauma i would say (laughs) (laughs) like literally the face of that trauma yeah holy cow (laughs) no um she was she was good i'm excited to see her going forward i'm very happy with bringing her into the fold of young avengers or whatever yeah i was a little apprehensive at first just because i have taken in some of her uh, off screen and she is type a beyond belief. Uh, like she's some, she's very, like she's a theater kid or yeah. Like she went on Jimmy Fallon and was just like, Oh my God, Jimmy Fallon. I've dreamed of being right here. And I actually brought you a thing and here's a pup. Like she was very like way too comfortable, like being, on screen in front of people sort of thing. She's got Simu Liu disease. Mm, yeah, but I think even cranked up a little bit. She certainly enjoys being famous and, and talking to famous people. The other thing I learned about her offline, she's actually quite a very good golfer, strangely. Good for her. Um, but anyway. It, so she I, was in Detective Pikachu. Yes, that was the only time that I can remember seeing her in something was Detective Pikachu. Yeah. And in, then, in that movie, I didn't really love her. She was... Again, kind of a type A person that was like, you're being very annoying. She was very sort of peripheral to the story. You, yeah. you don't go to that movie for Catherine Newton. No, no. <laughs> but but I, I, I came around on her very quickly. I thought uh, here, it, she does a very good job of kind of. She's cute as hell, too. Yeah, She's I think. She's so cute. It's, do you feel bad at all for uh, other Cassie actress? That was in Endgame. The child? No, no. not the kid, because the kid probably isn't old enough at this point. But there was the Cassie that played no her in in Endgame. No, no, she was filler. Clearly, she didn't know that she wasn't being cast until she found out on social media. So that's not great on Marvel's part, I guess. But ouch. Anyway, um, I think the the thing that this movie is good at too that setup period is very short. We get pulled into the quantum realm quite quickly. Almost immediately. Yeah, within like, the first 20 minutes. I don't know. Probably 10, less. 15. Um, and so she's sending signals down the quantum realm and they all get pulled in. And we get a, a, a crash course where Janet has been separated with Hank and Hope. 
And Janet obviously had lived in the quantum realm for quite some time. She knows her way around. Uh, Scott and Cassie get separated and, and get kind of picked up by these native folk. They drink some goo where now they can understand everyone in the quantum realm. Uh, Confirmed that Paul Rudd has holes. Paul Rudd. Humans have seven holes. Very good joke of him like pausing for a second and be like, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's right. Um, I, I, this movie is funny still. Like, I think that's. Expectedly. Yeah. Like, they, they do a good job of not. Like, they could have very easily made this way too sci-fi and like drained the fun that yeah. they do have with big and small things and, you know, they kind of, the there's some and, moments where they do a good blend of both. Yeah. Like the, the bit where like, what is it called? The probability storm. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was, that was very sci-fi and, and very funny. Very funny. Uh, uh, we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, in in all these conversations where Janet goes to find a friend that she knows from her time in the quantum realm, who turns out to be Bill Murray, who we knew was going to be in this movie, but a very bit part by him. Yeah, cameo. Uh, and Scott and Cassie are dealing with the, the native people that live down in the quantum realm. We learn that they have been taken over by the Conqueror, who we now, who we learn being... Kang the Conqueror. I almost wanted to like turn this movie into a drinking game every time some iteration of the word conquer mm-hmm. was said because it it came up a lot. Yes. So the movie actually has like kind of a prologue scene where Janet is living in the quantum realm um and uh, Kang crashes in from the sky and she rescues him and you know, oh, where am I? Uh, and we learned that she, uh, you know, became friendly with him and bonded with him and helped him rebuild his ship. Uh, that is actually a multiversal spaceship of sorts. And he was banished to the quantum realm by people he just refers to as they uh, for most of the, the, the movie. Um, what, did you th- what did you think of this introduction of, of, of Kang? Did you feel like all this was well explained? Um, I'm, yeah, because as you said earlier, it's easy to like go overboard with it and meet be too much. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. No notes. The other thing that I wanted to touch on right here, because we mentioned her a couple of times, Janet, Michelle Pfeiffer. She was fantastic. 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 In terms of acting, in terms of doing the action, telling a joke, being serious. And I, I don't even know how old Michelle Pfeiffer is at this point. Stunning still. She was great. She's incredible. I, I love, I've loved Michelle Pfeiffer since she was Catwoman. Of course. <laughs> she was great. And so, so was Michael Douglas. Yeah, like, I, I think so too. He kind of took like a, like a secondary role in this one. Not He's as, more comic relief. Not almost. Yeah. There's a there's a bit where they're walking through like a marketplace of sorts trying to go somewhere <laughs> and he just stops and says, and this is like they're surrounded by all these aliens and just like funky looking people and he just stops and says holy shit that guy looks like broccoli <laughs> and the person did in fact he, look he, like a broccoli he did look like broccoli um you know seeing all these weird aliens it it gives me the question of like I understand all the weird alien things because it's the quantum realm. Things are going to be weird. 
But, and I, again, this is one of those things where, like, I don't think I actually want them to explain this, but the humans that come down that we know from Earth, they interact with other people that look like humans, but they're not. Yeah. Hum- like, how are I those- thought about that during the Bill Murray thing, and I was like, I can't pull on this thread because yeah. it'll. Are they I'm humans just- that just evolved down there? Or. Yeah. How they all wound up there or whatever. Yeah. Just not worth not worth pulling on yeah the that is the the thing i will say about this movie that it didn't it didn't do a very good job of differentiating i think it, they tried to by using the word timelines instead of universes uh because this is like a, a the quantum realm is a microverse underneath our regular universe but then there's also the multiple alternate universe the multiverse the alternate timelines so it's like is this different than there is this, this is kind of outside of time and realm space. six to six or again it's one ugh. of those things where like it's maybe just better if it's vaguely explained or not at all yeah and then you just sort of say hey this is a weird place let's go um again the the, the plot actually moves pretty quickly because uh, you know kang's forces attack the indigenous people where uh scott L- scott and cassie are uh some troops are there to get Janet because they've heard that Janet is there and she helped lead this revolution against him back in the day. Uh, you know, when she was down there, uh, Scott gets taken to Kang and Jonathan majors makes his first real introduction being that imposing force that you mentioned where he's with just a small flick of his fingers, a little closing of his fist, just torturing and beating the hell out of, Cassie and Scott in their in their jail cells. Yep. Um, From there, we we learned it's kind of paralleled, but we find out that um, what Janet did in fixing Kang's ship is that it's it functions by like telekinesis almost, or like his it, thoughts basically. It's connected with his mind, and yeah. so and they've. When he crashed, his like power source got all busted. They fixed it, and as she was like putting it in the thing and like connecting it to the ship, she saw everything that he had done in terms of destroying worlds, just like eliminating civilizations and timelines and all of these, all of these terrible things. And and she makes this decision, a heartbreaking one, after sharing that she has like literally abandoned her daughter and lied to her that her being hope um that she needs to for the sake of humanity destroy <laughs> this power source and she does with some pin particles and it goes away so pivoting back to Scott and Cassie Scott being the thief he can then go dive into whatever like random hole it's in and go fix it and get it for him yeah, with the pin particles, because that's the thing that he's been missing to fix all of this is somebody wanted to go down and get it into the pin particle to fix it. Um, the other thing I thought that this part I would have almost liked a little bit more of, and he kind of references it other times, because um, this is this is a Kang that has gone through, as we said, all the multiple universes and done a lot of conquering. And in those conquerings, he has beaten many different versions of the avengers already oh yeah and he, it it's sort of like tossed offhand and while i think that's very good storytelling to just like 
make it kind of a, oh yeah, Avengers, I've seen them, no big deal. I almost wanted him to go more in depth about how many Avengers he's fought, what he's done, but he sort of just mentions Thor offhandedly. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. In loki when he's like rummaging around the tva yeah and he finds that drawer full of infinity stones that are just equivalent to like paperweights yeah that yeah i kind of like that because it's it's a nice tie back to what we are familiar with without being like a huge like remember this reference right here like it's It, it's good. I, think, I I didn't mind it. I think the there you you mentioned Loki and you mentioned that drawer in the TVA. I think seeing this movie now and like because in this part when when they're kind of walking around, you you eventually see this citadel that Kang has created and this large cityscape that has been created around it. I I that that confirmed to me that this that the TVA that we see in Loki is in the quantum realm and is probably in that cityscape. Because the the cityscape looked very similar to what you see out of the windows in the TVA. The hallways look similar to what you see in the TVA. And of course, the TVA was created by a Kang variant in in the show. So I thought that was... I, I wanted to go back and rewatch some of that before we saw the movie. And I didn't get it, uh, didn't have the, the time to. But aren't. Um, but I thought, I think that sort of links these up. Because they do mention otherwise that it's... A place out of time and space, and that's the only way that something like TVA could exist. So, yeah, interesting in that way. We did, I think, get ahead of ourselves when they do attack when the the soldiers attack the indigenous people. Yes, we also meet. Oh, yes, of course, our old friend. Meet. Um, what's the full name? The machine of destruction. Oh, oh something. <laughs> Yes, machine only designed, or machine organism designed only for killing. Modok. Modok, who is Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. Corey Stoll. Darren. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> that was probably my favorite running joke of the whole movie. He and when when the the unit arrived. I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this is actually pretty intense. Yes. And then they showed his face <laughs> and I was like, bro, get, get your money back. They did you dirty. Like I know he's supposed to be like, I know how he's supposed to look. Like I've yes. seen, I've seen the Hulu thing that they did. I've seen photos from the comics. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it, but holy shit, he was terrifying. <laughs> He was legitimately scary yeah. to look at. So Modok is a longtime comics character, and as you said, he, that's what he looks like. He's a giant head with in arms a box and legs, with baby it, arms and legs. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is like a canon version of Modok. I think this is something that they've sort of melded together. And this also is uh, Cassie's six, uh, trauma, six-year-old trauma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. Every single character, every time they see him again. Darren? Like literally uh Scott and then I think later uh uh Michael Douglas Hank mm-hmm. and then at the very end you get hope. And yeah. just like, D- oh yeah, you you look great. <laughs> Darren? You've been working out. Um, also like maybe just a nice nod because like I never actually learned his name. Whenever I see <laughs> that guy, I think, "Oh, House of Cards." 
dude. Right. You know, like <laughs> never, never knew his name was Darren. Yeah, Modok was probably the the funniest part of of the whole movie, front to back. Uh, but he's been turned. So in the original Ant Man, you know, they beat Yellow Jacket by putting a pin particle on him, and he shrinks down into nothingness. But in that, he's shrunk down and sent to the quantum realm. And somehow shrinking him malfunctioned so that he's just a head with little baby arms and legs. But Kang found him and, you know, built him this death suit to live in. Um, yep. And uh, and he's an assassin for Kang. Basically, yeah. So that he, he goes out to get Scott. Uh, he eventually has a prolonged confrontation with Cassie in the, in the third act. A very... Uh, a, a, one of the things that's like, that is as weird as Marvel can be. I don't know if it ever looked good, but I don't know <laughs> if didn't. it was ever going to look it good. It didn't look good. Like if they were ever, gonna, were... they were going to do Modoc at some point and it was never, it was always going to be hard. And I think that's the best you could hope. Did you ever see Spy Kids 3? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh man. <laughs> People who have seen Spy Kids 3 will know what I'm talking about. There's a character very similar to Modoc in that movie, but it's George Lopez. Mm. And he's literally in this like ball and his his limbs are like electric static things. It's mm-hmm. it's also very creepy. It reminded me of that a lot. Hmm. Uh but yes, so Mo Modoc is is he he's the one that brings them to to Kang, right? Well Modoc is there to kind of um I don't know. He's there when when Scott goes shrinks down into the hole to get the energy yeah, source. Right. Because they eventually. So Scott agrees to do it because, you know, he's the alternative is Cassie dies. Yeah. Uh, so he goes and does it. And and uh, Darren is, is the one that's in his ear doing it when they go down there. And of course, when he lands and he's like, Darren. 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 Modoc. Modoc. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's up? Here. Um and yeah, so it, eventually Scott gets through all the this gook and madness to where the power core is and that's when this probability storm exists because this again, this is the engine essentially that is that allows Kang to traverse the multiverse. And so what this is doing it 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 kind of sees into Scott's mind and creates all these possible versions of himself based on every possible decision you possibly make. And, you know, it, it, it's all of a sudden this chaotic antagonistic force for a minute um, before they realize they're trying to save Cassie. And the one thing that every Scott Lang will do, including one dressed in his Baskin Robbins uniform, will be to protect Cassie, to save Cassie. So they all work together to, to get up there. While they're doing that, Hope, Hank, and, and Janet arrive, and Hope goes in with the Wasp costume she also has a probability storm following her, but they save Scott. They all throw their pin particles in there and they've, they fix the engine. And they get out of there because Janet was trying to get it to keep it away from Kang and Kang was trying to get it. So now all of our parties have arrived together and Kang is going to do some work. Uh, again, when you really start to see his powers, what did you think of his true costume? The green oh, and the he looked purple? like Barney. <laughs> I even said that to you. I don't think you heard me. I don't he think looked I like did. Barney. <laughs> yeah. So I think <laughs> I think they did a good job of putting the comic book costume 
to real life, and that's something that the MCU has done well a lot. The only thing that doesn't work is the blue face. Yeah. Like, I think the purple and the green costume, sure, it's Barney colors, but I think it works for what it is. When they have to put the blue mask over his face, which they sort of just say is a shield, but... very minimally, probably by design. You know, with that and... The one annoying thing, I know for a fact, none of these people wore a helmet the entire damn time they filmed this movie because we're in this age of CGI helmet in in all of our movies, superhero movies. And because you have actors, they can't be wearing the helmet or you have famous actors. I should say they can't be covering up that that moneymaker with the helmet. So that thing is going on and off and on and off and on and off all movie long. (laughs) You can't put a mask on on Will Smith when he plays Deadshot. Mm -hmm. You can't. I mean, you did put a, a mask on, uh, oh, crap, what's his name from uh, Black Adam? The old guy. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. But even that was minimal. Yeah, right? and it like, was also CGI, too. It also learned. CGI. Even, even the physical, I thought he put on a physical helmet at one point. Yeah. Only to later learn, no, CGI. Yeah. Um, so a little annoying in that in that regard i, I wish he i don't mind that though to be honest on. because i feel like and you actually do see it in this movie the only thing you can see are their eyes right there's no you don't see any nose you don't see any mouth and when people talk they also they also talk with their eyes and if they're taught if they're like adamant about something they're emoting in any way yeah the cheekbones move you know the eyes move and there are instances where, like, you know, Hope's flying through the air, and she's like, Scott, where are you, Scott? And the, her face is just blank. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, so I'd rather, I'd rather they take it all on and off and on and off and whatever, if it means that I can actually, like, see their face and, like, feel whatever it is that they're feeling. Yeah, yeah. I Like, I, I get why they do it. I just thought... I just thought they did it more than normal in this movie compared to other superhero movies we've seen. But, um, okay. So, uh, all the parties are together. The energy orb has been fixed. Kang proper is ready to wreak havoc. Right. And, and he get and, the hell out of here. And he does. He, he beats the shit out of everybody captures Janet seemingly kills hank and 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 scott and i was very nervous for michael douglas in this movie yeah i mean i figured based on the trailer like i thought somebody for sure was gonna bite it and we'll talk about a fake out (laughs) at the end of the movie that i don't necessarily love but uh so they they all get attacked they leave but hank still alive and he is rescued they are all rescued by the ants. Mm-hmm. The ants, you Scott. You see at the very beginning that uh, he's a, attached like technology onto these ants that have created their own like farm and system yeah. and whatever. They're, they're, v- they're very advanced. Highly intelligent ants. Yeah. Um, and when Those they- also get sucked into the quantum realm. So <laughs> yes. we learn that in, in this experience the ants have lived for a thousand years they they somehow got off they got off at a different point in the quantum realm and because time is weird down there right they lived a thousand years they built a civilization 
They're all bigger. They've learned things. They've yeah. They got ideas on how to beat this guy. They didn't go. They didn't become as small as everybody else did. They were quite large, so they were huge, huge ants. Um, and so they yeah right they 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 get in there. They're gonna go attack Kang. Um, Cassie is still uh, trapped by Kang, and she is able to get out uh, and rescue one of the native people that's been imprisoned, the leader of them. So they're kind of starting a revolt on the out on yeah. the inside. They're getting a message to the outside right as Kang is about to, you know, enact his his plan. He's going to go into, you know, take over all of time, conquer all of eternity, I think is what he says. And then we get the big fight um, where all the people we met in the beginning, they come attack. The ants are on their way. Um, big fight. Um, I thought this was a great use of Ant-Man's powers. This this final fight where, you know, he, he's like the battering ram as, as giant man, uh, shrinking down, becoming big. Um, Modoc is going after Cassie during this time. Yeah, I almost wanted a little more out of that, especially from her. Like, she again, she does a lot of running. Girl, this man was in your bedroom when you were six. <laughs> Go kick his ass. Break that giant nose. Uh. And, you know, it seemed we actually in that moment, we learn the true um, just like takeaway of this <laughs> film in that it is never too late to not be a dick. Yeah, because Cassie beats Darren and she she because she figures out how to go big herself, mm-hmm. uh, beats him down and he's just, you know, I, I'm a dick. I can't do anything about it. It's like she just said, hey, don't be a dick. Like, uh, I, I am. I can't do anything about it. It's never too late to not be a dick, as as you just said. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, sorry, that was a a very important sidebar. It it I mean it's a it does come back in, in a minute. Um, and during this fight, it seems like hey they're making some progress, but Kang finally decides I got to join the fight, and he just starts annihilating, murking everybody. It again, Kang is an imposing guy. Like he, he himself does not have superpowers. Let's, let's make that straight too. So the, 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 the true backstory of, of this version of Kang, he is somebody from the 31st century that has, um, made this advance, just all these technological advances, discovers multiverse, time travel, uh, multiversal travel, time travel, and he is able to just, he's more technologically, he's like an evil thousand year in the future, technologically advanced Iron Man is sort of, a, not the, the perfect way to describe him, but sort of a layman's way of, of describing him. Uh, he has many connections to so many people in the MCU, wh- whether he's a descendant of Reed Richards, whether he's a descendant of Dr. Doom. Holy shit. He, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into why Kang is this super genius that has been able to Take over all of eternity. Um, but yes, yeah, so he has all these, basically it's these power beams that he's shooting and it, it, people just evaporate uh, with the touch. It seems like, hey, we, we get fought a good fight, but Kang's going to win. Even, even all Scott's trying to do, breaking in there, stopping the machine from starting, he, he still can't break through. Until the ants arrive. They overwhelm everybody, everything. They seemingly beat... Uh, uh, Kang and day is saved, right? We're all going to go home. 
So everybody goes up into the room where the power core is. They turn it on. Well, we also find that Modok is right. Modok, on his way out. Modok helped with the final fight. As the ants are coming in, Kang is holding him off. Modok flies in, does one last power blast to open up the shield that he's put himself in. And the ants overwhelm. And that's when we get Hope. Darren? Darren? Oh, Hope, you changed your hair. Hey, Scott, we're, we were like brothers. The excellent, oh. excellent face acting from Paul Rudd in that scene where he's just like, huh? I'm, gl- I'm just glad that I got to die in Avenger. Yeah, just the, oh, con- uh, the confusion <laughs> and like, I don't know what to do in this moment. Face acting from Paul Rudd is honestly Oscar worthy. It is so good. So, so very funny. Um, but hey, it seems like we've won the day. We're going home. Seemed a little too... Fire up the portal and let's get out of here. The only thing that, like, this didn't catch me by surprise was, like, I saw the trailer. I remember the, I don't have to win, we just both have to lose key line from the trailer. And I'm like, did we just cut that? No, we didn't cut that. Kang's still around, isn't he? Uh, Everybody is getting into the portal. Scott's the last one, about to be the last one, and he pushes Cassie in because he's Kang. Big, big punch, punch fight between yeah. Kang's, Kang, Kang's um, abilities have been broken. Um, Apollo Creed version of Jonathan Majors showed <laughs> up for that yeah, one. Yeah, right. Uh, a couple it's drop like, kits. Holy crap. He's big, just beating the shit out of him. Big, huge punches. Uh, and this is a nod and reference to the fact that Jonathan Majors will be in the new Apollo Creed movie. Yeah. Creed, Creed three. He is the, uh, the antagonist of Creed three, which also looks fantastic. Um, anyway. Um, and this is what I'm talking about with the fake out. So it seems like the only way for this, like Scott, it seems like Scott's not going to make it. So Scott, you know, is he feel, it feels like he's going to be beaten. Hope comes back through the portal, starts shooting at Kang, defends Scott. And they both realize there's only one way that we're going to beat this guy right now. So he crashes back onto the power core. They throw the pin particles at the power core again. And he seemingly gets sucked into the power core. Killed? Question mark. Um, everything explodes, the portal closes. And I saw you react, and I was going to react a little bit too. I'm like, oh wow, I figured they were going to kill somebody off. This isn't killing them, but this is certainly sidelining them. Very finite. They're trapped in the quantum realm. That's forever. That's pretty poignant. Oh, why is JK? JK, Cassie saves the day. (laughs) Cassie types up on the keyboard, reopens the portal, and they're there. And it's like, oh. The password is password. Oh, okay. I guess. I guess we're all safe then. How did you feel about that? Because I, I thought it was going to be a pretty poignant moment to be like, hey, Ant-Man is stuck in the quantum realm now. Cassie is the new Ant-Man. And Paul Rudd will just come back when we need him. Yeah, I I almost, I don't wish that would have happened because I like Paul Rudd and I'd like to like see him around. And I'm pretty sure that like MCU producers are like, we need someone funny. Go. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, it could have lingered a little longer. <laughs> right. I, th- I feel it that too. It could have lingered a too. little longer and just really sort of cement that, that questionable doubt of like, oh my God, mm-hmm. are they going to be stuck there? Because like you see there, the portal closes, Ish- <laughs> all the people that are living there are celebrating. They're like, yeah, we've won. And so you got Scott and, and Hope kind of looking over all of it. It's like, I almost they're going to live with these people that now. they could have like not not even just like lingered a little more but just like shown something of Scott and Hope that like 
almost like accepting their fate. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Which they don't do. They don't do. They, 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 the portal opens up right behind them and she says, you want to go home? Yeah, let's go home. Like they knew it was going to be okay. I, I would have thought that breaking the whole thing, nobody knew it was going to be okay. Yeah, but I, I guess they knew it was going to well, be see, okay. Here's, here's the thing. So following that, it's just like a jump cut. Like it, it right. cuts. It doesn't even fade. They it don't go cuts into the portal, to black cuts. Yeah. and then goes back to the original <laughs> sort of setup where like in the beginning when Scott's like walking around doing the book thing, going getting coffee, he's mm-hmm. like walking down a street. You kind of see this in the trailer. So they go back to that. And after just spending what an like hour 45 minutes in the quantum realm and i've also been watching the last phase of the mcu and i have also seen wandavision and i also just have a general sense of questioning everything maybe i'm sitting here thinking maybe he's not out of the quantum realm and none of this is real <laughs> and he, this is just his psycho imagination built up to be his reality in the quantum realm and the, i don't know it's not it's actually totally fine <laughs> they sort and he even sort of plays up like the wait did we actually kill kang is everything gonna be okay so they're up until the credits i'm sitting there thinking is there gonna be some big reveal right before the credits of hey surprise kang's here like no. Kang's the waiter at the restaurant. You'd be like, Whoa, oh, oh my God. God. Um, and no, he just gets the cake and they go to the restaurant and they celebrate Kathy's not, or Cassie's not birthday. Um, taste the bad cake. And we cut to black. It's like, all right, I guess everything's, everything's fine for now. I have read on Twitter that some people did not like the ending and I kind of get that, mm-hmm. but it's also a thing of like, he's pretty much proven himself that he is this strong power. And it's something I kind of wanted to get into later in terms of like the grand scheme of the MCU is like, how do we approach these movies with a satisfying ending, knowing this guy straight up can't be beaten? Yes. So we're, it's complicated. So how, I mean, it's it's just a hard thing to like, conclude or wrap up on so i feel like they kind of just did the best they could yeah. all things considered so let, let's i think that's kind of goes right into the first post-credit scene so all the whole time kang said that they banished me they banished me to to the quantum realm we find out who they is and they is i i don't know if there's like an official name for this if if you're a fan of rick and morty you know as troublesome as that can be now. Um, there's this thing called the council of Ricks where there's multiverse versions of Rick that come together and, you know, Lord over things. And you see all these different versions in uh, multiverse of madness. The doctor strange movie, we had the Illuminati, right? Where you have this council of super beings that determine who gets to, you know, what goes in, what doesn't Jim being very mean to a magician. <laughs> yes. Uh, so here we're introduced to, Several key version, key variants of Kang, the Conqueror. Uh, this was actually helpful in piecing together the end of Loki. Yeah, because like I could not understand how this was working. Where okay, spoilers for Loki, I guess. Like they they kill that Kang or eliminate that Kang allegedly. They never use the name Kang. He is the he who remains. So in that in, whatever in Loki, he's like. A Kang that has won, but is trying to preserve peace by trimming all the timelines. So there's one sacred timeline and now he's gone. So now so we it's have all a mess. Yes. Millions but of But like, I couldn't, I just couldn't wrap my head around like, how does this work? 
So this post-credit scene with this council mm-hmm. was very helpful. So one of the the I believe one of the Kangs we see is supposed to be Immortus. Now, I'm not as like down with Marvel comics as I am with some of the DC. I know a little bit and I've listened to enough podcasts to know a little bit of background here. Um, but the one that I knew for sure is the one that looks like a pharaoh. His name is Ramatut. And basically it's Kang has gone back in time to Egypt with his powers to become this all-powerful pharaoh. Jesus. And you know this guy's a dick. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) and so then we we, so they these Kangs banished Kang the Conqueror because he was the most warlike and you know destroys them all. So now you have all these Kangs. Which again, when we talk about what Jonathan Majors is doing here, the way he played Kang in Loki, the way he played Kang here. And the way he played every single one of those Kangs, whether they were the ones we saw. you see like eight. You see like the, you see like the main you see, ones. Yeah, you actually see a bunch, but the ones where he's actually like portraying a yeah. version, you see like eight or ten. He, he, and he even said this in interviews. He felt like playing this Kang was playing a completely different character than like he doesn't even see them as the same character. That he's just playing different characters and they all happen to be the same guy. Uh that dude's going to win an Oscar one day. I, he like, was phenomenal. But if by the end of, you know, the, the later Avengers films, one of them being called the Kang Dynasty, uh, I, I, maybe that's an opportunity for it because he's going to be doing so much stuff. Like, if I mean, you, again, he might if you get want, it for Creed, and we've only seen the commercial <laughs> sure. for it. But, like, it, when it comes to setting up what, the, what these other phases are going to be, and why I say Kang is going to be actively involved in pretty much everything going forward. This is what I mean, because there are so many different versions that have been involved in so many different ways in the story, whether it's uh, Ramatut being a pharaoh, whether it's. Uh, oh, you know what? That could be like a tie in like Moon Knight. Maybe. Yeah, right. Exactly. You could get a Moon Knight crossover there uh, in the comics. He also eventually plays a version uh, of himself called iron lad which is basically a young iron man cool so he's gonna meet riri well he's a member of the avengers and he no one oh, thinks he's kang Jesus Christ. and then you know kang stuff happens um so i'm actually already exhausted by this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a lot to take in all at once so i think this this little snippet in the post credit scene was enough to be like oh whoa okay okay i here we go and you get a little bit more of that when we go to the post credit scene where which was excellent by the way so this is another version of kang i only learned about literally two days ago on a podcast i was listening to someone was like they're not going to show this version it would be weird if they did but lol and (laughs) surprise victor timely he basically there's a version of kang that goes back to like the 1920s and goes to this town in wisconsin and brings all this like advanced technology. And all of a sudden this place in Wisconsin becomes his like little fiefdom as he sort of raises up whatever he's doing there. And in the crowd showing off his little time machine, whatever the hell he's showing off is Loki and Morbius and Mobius and Mobius, AKA Owen Wilson in the crowd as a teaser for Loki season two, which so this delightful show will i was actually two. very happy to see tom hiddleston yeah that was that was I, i'm trying to think of like the other post credit scenes we had in phase four but i feel like this is the first one where it's like oh okay mcu 
we're doing yeah, it. We're doing it again. I feel like a lot of them, I mean, I'll have to revisit, but it was just like shaping up the next thing with someone that I've never fucking seen Maybe before. Maybe the Shang-Chi one with Brie Larson and, um, and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that one was a little half oh, the, be- the, the rings are giving a beacon. They're setting a sign to somewhere. But there was a lot of just like one-off jokes. This stuff yeah. feels like, okay, we're moving forward now. This is plot. This is what we're dealing with. And we're going to start linking all this stuff together going forward as we build towards the next big events to give us Avengers movies again. So. It's, I mean. Phase five. Retroactively, it's given me a bit of an appreciation for Loki because I did not enjoy Loki as much as the rest of society did. Yeah. Apparently. Well, the other thing to remember from the from the very end of Loki, I don't know if it was a post-credit scene or just the last scene in the episode, <laughs> but once Loki gets sent out of wherever uh, He Who Remains was, he ends up back in the TVA. And when he turns around, he sees a giant statue of Kang the Conqueror, which means that the timeline has shifted. Owen Wilson doesn't know who he is anymore. And Kang has conquered that timeline. Yeah. And now it's what, worth noting in that post-credit scene, <clears throat> though, is that Tom Hiddleston looks visibly terrified. Right. Whereas Owen Wilson's kind of like, yeah, this, this guy? guy just seems like a dude. And he's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh, dude. Because, <laughs> because Loki has seen yeah. He Who Remains. Yeah. He knows this guy. And then, of course, one of my favorite things that that marvel movies do is they kind of tease what comes next where they'll say the avengers will return captain mm-hmm. america will return with this one it said kang will return yeah it's like oh which they did that with shit. thanos okay once, i think they did that with thanos twice i don't remember but i don't remember this one felt way more but... imposing <laughs> yeah well because it's like this is the first movie of M- of phase five and it's like hey the bad guy he's gonna keep coming back it's like oh shit Let's go. Phase five. Let's go. MCU. And for the rest of you kids out there, word of advice. Look out for the little guy. And that was our full discussion, plot details, MCU details of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Um, Last thing I wanted to mention on the movie it's Rotten Tomatoes score is all the way down to 48% right now. Whoa. From critics? 48%. Yeah. Holy shit. Which I saw it debut at like 64 and then went down to 55. And now that I click on the link, it says 49%, which I, I want to find uh, an MCU Rotten Tomatoes ranking. I feel like that's pretty low. I didn't think low. it was that bad. No. And again, the thing to remember with Rotten Tomatoes is it's not... 40 it's not like 60% of people hated it it's just 60% of critics didn't give it a totally favorable review so eternals is currently the lowest at 47 that sucks you thor, guys are wrong. thor love and thunder was 64% so that would make this right now the second lowest mcu movie on the uh based on critic score though critic critics rotten tomato score yeah again like i think the audience will help fix that a little bit this is now the 31st uh holy mcu filmed remember when we watched all of them ahead of infinity war and it (laughs) took us like three months yeah so we're stupid you mentioned the audience score right now 
So 216 critic reviews have it at 49%. Audience score with 500 plus verified ratings, 84%. Yeah, that's that's more appropriate. So let me, the critics consensus, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mostly lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier adventures, but Jonathan Major's Kang is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the MCU. I don't think that's wrong, but like, I, it, it see, but that's the thing with the Rotten Tomatoes. If you say, oh, you know, it wasn't necessarily as fun as the first two, but I still enjoyed it, that they might mark that as a negative review. Because you didn't think it was fun, so always take, take the Rotten Tomatoes it, thing with a grain of salt. What you will, like, but that's pretty. If you, and regardless, like, stark. if you see this movie and it is your favorite freaking movie, let it be your favorite movie. Yeah. Like, there's plenty to enjoy, and like, it it's 2023. Let people enjoy things, okay? Yeah. Except uh, Morbius. Anything, do you want to get into any of the trailers we've seen recently? No. You want to talk about The Flash? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Bat- or Flash colon Return of Batman. Yeah, <laughs> Batman featuring The Flash. Yeah. Um, Batman's in it. Ezra Miller sucks. We'll probably see it. That's all that I need to say. I, I thought the trailer was way better than I could have anticipated it being, and now I'm getting... <sighs> I'm in a weird place of like, I wanted, I didn't want this movie to be good. I actually wanted it to suck, but what if it's actually really good? I don't know. There's, we, we didn't, we didn't do any pods about like the future of the DC movies. We'll probably do all that when we see Shazam in March. But um, anyway, um, yeah, that's our thoughts on Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man we're and on, the Wasp Quantumania. We're on a bit of an Oscar kick right now. So we're charging through. Seeing what we can see, we'll react accordingly, record accordingly. Yep. Um, we'll see, probably see a few more in the next week just because our schedule is a little tied up. But again, we're, we're committed to making sure we get all that done by the Oscar dates, March. Uh, March 12th. So you can find us on Instagram, a.z underscore movie review, Twitter, a underscore z underscore movie review. Follow us for movie news, trailers, and all of our reviews. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all that. Smash jazz. that like button. Oh God, we appreciate you, even <laughs> when he says stuff like that. And we'll appreciate you when we all see each other at, at the movies. movies.